Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone. It is August 10th, 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and I just want to send a quick reminder to you that you can follow us on iTunes. You probably already do. Uh, but you can find us on iTunes, download us there directly to your iTunes-enabled listening device, as well as Audioboom and Stitcher. You can also find all the great Locked On podcasts. Uh, pretty much every team in the NBA is covered now by a podcast, so if you're ever interested in wondering what the New Orleans Pelicans are doing, you can listen to Locked On Pelicans. Uh, they're all great shows, all a little bit different than mine, uh, but some great insight on all the teams in the NBA. And uh, a special note, I haven't listened to this yet, but... Uh, David Locke, uh, who founded the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, interviewed Blazers coach Terry Stotts for Locked On NBA, so be sure to check that out. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Evan Fournier and where he goes from here as he gets set for a big year now where he is the featured guard. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about just something very, very basic. Uh, The Magics need to stay healthy, especially after last season. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have a few news items to talk about. Uh, I think everyone has been waiting since I, I, I promoted the podcast a little bit late yesterday. Uh, everyone's, I think, probably waiting for my hot take on the Orlando Magic jersey situation. Yesterday, the Orlando Magic uh, unveiled the new star alternate jersey. Uh, it is this uh, black, it's a black jersey with the Orlando Magic secondary logo, that streaking ball logo, in, in the middle of the chest with two hor- with horizontal stripes going across the chest and, and not meeting but uh, stopping at the logo and the number in the upper left corner. Uh, it was met pretty much with derision. I, I know some people do like it. Uh, it. I'll admit, the more I looked at it, the more I was like, okay, I guess it's okay. I guess it's fine. Um, it's not the worst thing the Magic have ever produced, uh, but it's certainly not the best. And uh, it's an alternate jersey that is, just does not look right. It looks like a practice jersey to me, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and that's what my first thought was. It's like, oh, they have a new practice jersey. That's great. Oh, they're going to wear those in games. Cool, I guess. Uh, and, and, and just have that and still have the pride jerseys, which... I don't mind the pride jerseys as much as people do. Um, the, the gray ones with the sleeves, I don't mind that as much. It's a good colorway, you know, riff off of uh, the old Magic uniforms. I actually, if, if you search around, you can find this. They make a gray pin, like someone made, uh, it's not a knockoff, like Nike made a gray pinstripe, you know, the original pinstripe uniform. And I actually don't mind those. So I'm not like against the gray idea. I like the silver idea. I think that should be a, a color that's introduced occasionally as an alternate uh, and, and featured not maybe as heavily as, as these gray jerseys are, but part be part of the, the team's uniform. They can use it in, in different ways. These uniforms, to me, they look like a, a polo shirt that you would buy at, at, Ralph, at Polo Ralph Lauren. Um, not something I would particularly take off the rack, but, uh, it, you know... Jerseys are what jerseys are, and, and you know, I 
they'll grow on me, I guess. I, you know, I don't, I don't like hate them with a thousand, with the fire of a thousand suns, but I'm not going to look forward to when they play with them. And, and the pride jerseys are kind of the same way. Like I see them as like, okay, they're great, whatever. You know, I have no emotional response to this jersey and no emotional response to those jerseys, and that's probably the problem. I mean, you want something that people are going to want to take off the rack and buy. Then again, I'm probably not the target audience. Uh, I'll tell a quick story. Uh, As some of you may know, I cheer for the Northwestern University Wildcats. I'm a Northwestern alum. Uh, We, uh, Northwestern has a deal with Under Armour, so we get some special jersey deals, and uh, we wore a few years ago. The, the Wildcats wore these really terrible gray jerseys with the American flag kind of in, stitched into the into the shoulder pads, and they they looked terrible. You probably remember there was a uh, a, a controversy that their gloves look like blood spatter, um, which wasn't true. It, it's it's a it's a it's called distressed. It's it's a design thing, but. From a just a jersey standpoint, I was like, these are terrible. They're not good. You know, you could have done something so much more original. And 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 Under Armour has used a variation of this jersey several times. But I swear to I swear to God, I, this was actually one of the few the one game that I went to that year. I, I flew up to Evanston for it. There were these two eight year old kids sitting next to us, uh, where where I was sitting. And the moment Northwestern came out, they were like, Oh my God, those jerseys are so cool. And literally everyone I had talked to hated those jerseys. So we're not the market audience. We may not be the market audience, and they, these jerseys may sell off the racks uh, because they just look different. And, and I give the Magic credit for trying something unique because no one wears a jersey like this. Uh, you know, honestly, the first, th- the first thing I thought was, why didn't you just go full Northwestern and use a Northwestern stripe across the middle like the Wildcats do? Uh, but it, 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 these jerseys don't excite me, and, and that's kind of where I stand uh, if you hate these jerseys, the good news is they were designed specifically with Adidas, and this is the NBA's last year dealing with Adidas. So you won't have to see them for very, very long. On to the next little bit of news, little news item. I don't want to forget about you, Mario. Mario Hazonia and Croatia fell to Argentina in Olympic play last night uh, in Rio de Janeiro, uh, but... Hizonia had a really strong game, and we I've talked a lot about Croatia and, and how they don't use Hizonia very much. He kind of sits in the corner and, and waits for the ball. They actually used him this game. They got him coming off some pin downs. They got him catching the ball on the perimeter. Let him do. They let him do some things, and Hizonia took advantage. Uh, he didn't attack the, attack the basket as much as you would as you, you would like to see, and, and kind of see him expand his game. He was still something of a spot up shooter, uh, not much of a playmaker, but. The opportunities he got, he took advantage of. He shot six of nine, scored sixteen points. I think he made four three pointers. He had a, a nice, he had a nice move to the basket that he didn't finish, where he, he took off too soon and tried to dunk it from too far out. Uh, he had a nice move where he uh, got got into the paint, did a jump stop and a pump fake, got Luis Scola to blow by him and hit a leaner, uh, trying to draw the foul. That was a really really nice play. Uh, he he had a couple a couple step back threes a pull up three a, a, a jab step three um, a deep three uh, you know Hisonia filled his role really well for Croatia and was a big reason why Croatia was able to spark a little comeback in the fourth quarter after trailing for most of the game they got it to within four points I believe uh, before Argentina finally pulled away and, and Croatia came undone uh, it was a, a a solid game for Mario Hisonia you expect some games like this from him with Croatia you don't expect him to be on the ball and create a lot of assists. 
But what's important is he, he stays within his role uh, and contributes where he can. And, and you can tell he's a little antsy. You can tell he's, like, asking for the ball really bad and wants to be involved, and he's just not part of this offense. So he's got to find other ways to contribute, and on Tuesday night he was able to do that. And so a really solid game from Mario Hazonia, exactly what we want to see from him uh, within the confines of the Croatian system. He had a nice block uh, recovering off a screen. He still gets kind of caught on screens, but defensively he's been solid. He's been in good good position. He's he's closed out. You know, Maybe he's watching the ball a little too much and, and, is, a, and is a step slow to recover, but... Uh, coming off of screens is still going to be an issue, but it's something that he'll continue to learn. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what, what Mario does uh, this season. Uh, I'm sure he'll be given a little bit more on-ball responsibilities uh, this coming year. All right, on to our main topic of today's episode, and that is all about Evan Fournier. Uh, Evan Fournier is going to be the man this year. I, I don't think there's any way around it unless Aaron Gordon has taken a crazy leap, unless Serge Ibaka is better offensively than we all come to understand. And, you know, as much as, you know, everyone has kind of been ragging on us a little bit for for kind of relegating Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic is what he is. Uh, and he's a good player, and, and he'll be a scorer. He'll be one of the leading scorers on this team, most likely. But to me, Evan Fournier is the man. He's going to be the guy. He's the one guy on the perimeter that can score and create and distribute. And, uh, you know, certainly not maybe as well as some, as, as some other players, but he's going to have a lot of offensive responsibility this year. And his role, though, is going to change completely. There's no getting around this. That Evan For- what, The way Evan Fournier played last year when he had his breakout season is going to be very different than the way he's going to have to play this year for the Orlando Magic. What do I mean by this? Well, last year, of course, he was playing with uh, with Victor Oladipo for most of the game. So, you know, Victor Oladipo is a shooting guard, so Evan Fournier played, a, you know, he played about half his minutes at small forward. That's not going to happen this year. You know, Fournier, and I think most of us realized this as the season was going on, Fournier is not a small forward. He's not someone that is gonna is is big enough to to stay with some of those some of those shooting guard that those those bigger small forwards that that you see in the NBA. He's not gonna be able to check a, a Carmelo Anthony and a LeBron James, and he he recognized that, and he held his own as much as he could. But it was also clear that he just he wasn't. Uh, uh, up, you know, that, that he was still a really valuable player. But how valuable was the question? And he was good defensively against shooting guards. When you look at the numbers, and I looked at the numbers on 82games.com for a post last week, uh, at small forward, according to 82, 82games.com, Fournier had a 103.3 offense, or the Magic had a 103.3 offensive rating, and Fournier a 16.6 PER when he was at small forward. At shooting guard... His offensive, the Magic's offensive rating dips to 98.1, and Fournier has a 13.8 PER. If we're talking about Fournier becoming more effective as an offensive player, he's not doing that at the shooting guard position where he's going to play the majority of his minutes this year on offense. At least not according to last year's numbers. The story gets more interesting defensively, too. 
According to 82games.com, again, the Magic had a 109.6 defensive rating with Fournier at small forward and a 99.3 defensive rating with him at shooting guard. We've talked a lot about how defense is the, the sole focus of this team this year. And Fournier, essentially what these numbers suggest is that the Magic played defense better with Fournier at the two rather than the three. Now, it's a new coach. There are new players around him. Uh, There's going to be a lot more versatility, but Fournier is going to be playing the the two more more likely than not. And defense wasn't a problem for the Magic with him there. So how do you get more offensively out of Fournier with him at the two? Is this an issue of he needed a, a Victor Oladipo to be a driver and, and catalyst for an offense more than anything else? Is this more of, you know, well, if Alfred Payton does his thing or plays at the level we know he's capable of, then this problem fixes itself. This is the real question. This is the, this, honestly, this is the real question I have about moving Evan Fournier permanently to the two. And this is the real question that I have about, not necessarily about giving Evan Fournier the contract. I think he, I think he earned that contract and, and will still produce at a pretty high level. Like, even, even if he's playing the two, like, he may not average 20 points per game, but he'll still put up points and he'll still be an effective player. But this is the question I have for what's next for Evan Fournier is how does he replicate last year's offensive success with this team around him? Because, like I said on, on the Almighty Ballin podcast, Fournier probably isn't the first option. He's probably not the second option on a good team. He might be a good third option guy. He might be a good fourth option guy. He'll, he'll attack when, you got, when, when one of your players needs a need break or when the defense is shifting, but he's not going to be the main creator. And for this Magic team this year, We've all sensed that this offense is going to be a problem, that there's not a lot of, there's not a strong offense here. So getting everything you can out of Fournier and getting it effectively is going to be really key. And the numbers, again, suggest last year Fournier was a better, more efficient player at small forward than at shooting guard. That's not to say the Magic should start Mario Hazonia and leave him at the two and move Fournier back to the three. No, I mean, I don't think that that will work. Uh, as, as clearly shown, Fournier struggled defensively against threes. And, now, and, and, and maybe that all changes now with the rim protection the Magic have added. So, again, it's almost like you look at last year's numbers and you have to throw them all out the window because this team is so completely different. Offensively, though, it's not much different. How, how are the Magic going to make a defense shift? How are the Magic going to free up a shooter like Evan Fournier? I think those are really, that's a really difficult question to answer, especially, now, especially since we don't quite know how the team's going to play. I mean, I think it looked like from Summer League, as much as you can take from that, that the Magic may run some Princeton sets, uh, so there'll be a lot of motion and movement, which I think helps Evan Fournier a lot. I think he st- he'll struggle if it's an isolation pick-and-roll offense, uh, although Fournier is very good in pick-and-rolls. And I would imagine they'll run a lot of pick-and-rolls with Fournier, allow him to drive and try and find 
uh, find a cutter, find a roller, find a popper, or let him try and finish. And, and, and I think he's really successful at that. But I think he's also much better attacking uh, while the defense is rotating. And he's very good at catching the defense while they're shifting over to him and beating them off the dribble that way. He's not a standstill one-on-one type player. Evan Fournier is absolutely key to this upcoming season, as, as so many guys are. So many guys taking the next step up. Evan Fournier is as big as any of them because he's got to duplicate a se- his, his la- last season. He's got to duplicate it. And that's always the most difficult part for a young player is can you do it again? And the great players do, and the mediocre players stay inconsistent. Fournier was pretty consistent last year. He was probably the Magic's most consistent offensive guard option, at least. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see whether whether Fournier can take that next step up. The next thing I do want to talk about uh, is something that's a little strange to say you can plan for, but uh, we had an article on the site on, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com uh, about a week ago now. Um about why the Magic just need to stay healthy. Last year, last year, kind of the secret undercurrent of the season was the Magic were hurt, and hurt a lot. They missed a lot of games for injury. Victor Oladipo missed time for a concussion at the beginning of the season. Nikola Vucevic uh, had a, a, a shin injury early when he got kicked, at, kicked in the shin against the Rockets, and then he missed time with a strained groin at the end of the season. Uh... Obviously, Alfred Payton was dealing with hamstring issues. C.J. Watson had his calf issue. Uh, so many key guys that the Magic could not afford to go down went down at some point during the season. Aaron Gordon had a concussion late in the year. Like All those things added up. And the Magic really suffered for it. I mean, you think about it. A lot of us kind of point to the turning point of the season as when as Alfred Payton injuring his calf or entering his hamstring, I think it was, uh, and spraining his ankle in, in December, because the Magic were without C.J. Watson and Shabazz Napier clearly couldn't cut it. This is where depth really matters. And while CBS Sports isn't a fan of the Magic's bench depth right now, the well, I mean, while they're not a fan of the Magic's bench right now, the Magic do appear to have a little bit more depth this year. If Felford Payton needs to miss some games, they've got C.J. Watson and D.J. Augustin, who are both capable players. There's, there's a fair amount of competition on this team, and there's a fair amount of, uh, of, of skill and ability on this team, and that's a good thing for the Magic. That's going to help them uh, help them should something happen. You know, Look at the center position. You know, Serge Ibaka has a history of injuries. If they need to, They've got Nikola Vucevic and Bismack Biombo. If they need to, they've got Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green who can both play the four and, and take over. And, and, you know, some of us still believe Aaron Gordon's better at the four. Uh, I, like I said, I still think they need a traditional power forward for this, for, this, uh, for this purpose, just in case something happens to, to the bigs. Uh, it appears they have more depth. Whether the units work together perfectly, who knows? I mean, C.J. Wilcox is still a big mystery uh, you know, the, the, Dom, the Damo Radish signing has not been announced yet, uh, but, you know, he adds a little bit more depth as well as someone who can contribute. It's not a lot of young guys at the back end of that roster. It's a lot of guys that are going to be able to play spot minutes and contribute within their roles. And 
if you need to if they need to step in and play meaningful minutes. But for a team that has such a thin margin for error, and last year the margin for error seemed much thinner, uh, thinner, you know, with with trying to make the playoffs. And this year it, it, it's thin, but I don't think it's as razor sharp as it was last season. With the with the margin for error so so razor thin, you know, injuries to the wrong guys at the wrong time can really hurt the team. I mean, you look at the. I mean, going back in history. You look at the 2000, I think it was the 2005 team, the 2004-2005 team. The Magic were in line to make the playoffs. And then Hito Turkoglu breaks his arm uh, a month before the end of the season. The Magic go into a tailspin, season's over. They, didn't, they missed the playoffs that year. Uh, it happened, stuff like that happens. The, I mean, the, 90, the 98 season, the Magic essentially missed the playoffs because Penny didn't play very, much, very often. And while I don't think the Magic are relying solely on one guy to that to that effect as much, staying healthy is an underrated part of this formula that the Magic are are concocting, uh, and are trying to and are trying to, to to make happen for this upcoming season. So, staying. I mean, if the Magic are at full force, they have a chance to make the playoffs. There's. I, I, I mean, it sounds like I've been down on the Magic, and, and I don't, like, I'll do, I'm going to do some Eastern Conference stuff in, in a little bit uh, on the site, and I, I'm not super optimistic. I'm kind of hedging my bets a little bit, just like everyone else is, uh, but they, they have a realistic shot to make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. I think they can do it. I don't know if they will, but I think they can. And that's a big difference, to be honest. <laughs> um, but staying healthy is absolutely going to be a key. Every year there are teams that fall to the wayside because they don't stay healthy. And so for the Magic to make the playoffs, for the Magic to take the next step, they need their key guys to, to be healthy this year. Serge Ibaka needs to be healthy. He's had a history of injuries. Uh, Vucevic needs to stay healthy for, you know, how, for however they're going to use him. Uh, Evan Fournier needs to stay healthy. Aaron Gordon needs to stay healthy. We've talked so much about how Aaron Gordon just needs to be healthy enough to play and, and work on his game over the summer. If the Magic do that, they have a shot. So it's something that's out of their control, but something that we we can't forget either. That's going to do it for me today on Locked On Magic. I want to thank everyone for listening once again. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, Audioboom, and Stitcher. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Uh, let me let me know what you want me to talk about. Even I'll, I'll, I'll take suggestions. Uh, I'm going to be doing a mini mailbag on Friday, so be sure to send in your questions for the mini mailbag. Uh, on Friday, uh, use the hashtag LockedOnMagic. Send them to me on Twitter at OmagicDaily, or you can send them to me by email at OmagicDaily at gmail.com. I appreciate all the support for the podcast, all the listens, and uh, you know, enjoy whatever jersey that you know you feel like the Magic need to wear. Um, we'll, we'll be having a little bit more on jerseys uh, later on on OrlandoMagicDaily.com today. Uh, so for everyone at Orlando Magic Daily, for everyone at Locked On Magic, thank you again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.